Hello, everyone. Welcome to Supernatural Junkies. Second verse, same as the first. We're doing this again. That's right. And we're at that point of the show where we have an awesome guest. And we're like, well, man, where do we put him in the super, the natural, or the junkie? And what do we decide, sweetheart? He's a superman. Oh, we definitely went super on this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is Dr. Super. Thomas Dozer. Woo-hoo. And he is back in the house. Welcome so. back. He liked us enough to come back another time. Can you guys believe that? I tell you what, and it's going to be a great show because he has brought a great word from God. So just uh, Pastor Dozer, say a shout out to everybody today and um, go ahead. Well, hello to every, hello to everyone out there who's listening to us. I believe that. On today, you're going to receive some information that will be impacting for your lives. And we're just believing that as you receive this this information, you will be able to have a greater understanding. Well, they'll give you the subject, but you'll have a greater understanding of where we are today and what our responsibilities are as believers in Christ. Amen. Amen. And so this one, uh, I guess we're going to blow it up with prayer. And uh, Pastor Dozer, go ahead and just say a word of prayer for us and as we get started today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to address your people today. And we just pray that as your people hear what is being uh, discussed today, uh, we pray that your people will be edified and you in turn glorified. We pray that you would give us the wisdom, uh, the understanding and the capacity uh, to disseminate this information in a way that would be pleasing in your sight. And we do give you honor, glory and praise in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So the title of this podcast is called The Need of the Watchman. And let me just tell you, um, go ahead, you sweetheart. are just jumping ahead. We didn't even tell him. For those who don't know, Pastor Dozer has been with us before. He's been on other episodes. We advise you to go back and check those out. We'll put a link in the episode show notes for this one. But in case you don't know, he's amazing. He's not just a pastor, but he's the pastor of the Word of Truth and Grace Ministries. You can find them online. You can find them on Facebook. We'll have all those links. But he's also a doctor. He's a pastor. And he also teaches at the Bible school. So they're, yes, he they're is. actually he's graduating people. Dean, there. right. He's amazing. He does everything. And he's here with us again today. And so we're, what are we going to talk about, hon? Say it again. Well, it's called the watchmen, the need for them. Right. Let me tell you what, uh, what happened. Well, you know, not too long back, I think a lot of us are really asking, what do we need to do? To, to wake people up? What do we need to do to get people to stand up and realize what's happening in the world? And of course, this podcast is some of the way that we've decided to do that ourselves. But you know, when I was calling him and talking to him, and he just busted right into it. I mean, all I did was ask the question. <laughs> and, and of course, as you'll find out, he's been talking about the Watchman series at his own church, and, uh, and how there really has been a loss of the idea of what is the watchman, why do we need them today? And I think you'll see that as we go through this, this is critical, that we are supposed to have people in the church, okay, that are supposed to be watching out for us, right? And unfortunately, we've, we've come into these times where that just isn't happening. And more importantly, the people that are running the show a lot of times are completely disconnected or have any trust relationships with people that are actually watching out for things. And so we really gotten to this point. So I just remember asking him, you know, how do we get people to stand up? How do we, you know, get there? And he just came right out and said, this is a situation where we have lost really the watchman. So, um, Doc, what would you say? What is the watchman from a, a biblical point of view? Uh, first and foremost, when we look at the 
word watchman, if we looked at it from the uh, Old Testament Hebrew, it is from the word safal. And this particular word safal means to lean forward or to peer into, to skillfully look at a particular thing. So the watchmen were individuals, uh, many of them prophets, who were appointed by God to look into, look closely, uh, and listen closely to what he had to say. I'm saying watch and watch into as well, because there were times when God would uh, give them things through dreams and visions. Now, when we think of visions in Old Testament, the word kazon, vision does not just speak of something that you saw, but it also speaks of an oracle or a revelation from God. So there are times when God would speak to them about things, and then at other times when God would show them things. But their main purpose was to warn the people of God concerning impending danger. The problem was immorality and idolatry. Mm -hmm. And so God would get these individuals up to give his word of warning. Right. And so idolatry, you're talking about worshiping false gods. Worshiping false gods. Yep. Then there was the immorality, which was associated with worshiping these false gods. Right. We just talked about this last time. It's the, that combination of sexual immorality, idolatry, right, and rebellion. Right. Right. That <clears throat> those moments come there, come to a head. Right. Yeah. We just were talking about that last episode. So that's great. Yeah. It cool. ties it all together. And you were talking, there's so many passages we're going to talk about in Ezekiel, but you're go right to that first one. You were telling me about Ezekiel three. Oh yeah. Well, um, I want to say this if it's okay mm -hmm. before we get into that. Um, because you did mention in the introductory section where the church is today or where we are today. And for a number of years, there has been somewhat of a silence when it comes to proclaiming what the Lord has ordained for his appointed preachers and teachers. And when we look at the visible church, uh, we taught some things. We, we've taught on divine healing, and yet when trouble comes, many people in the church have looked to what mankind has advanced right. rather than looking to God. What right. mankind has advanced becomes a cure-all, yes. which we know is a fallacy. And we've taught on deliverance, uh, yet it seems to be a problem in recognizing and taking authority over what we need to be delivered from, the teaching mm -hmm. of prosperity and wealth. All of those things have been taught. And so we see people claiming to master some of those areas. I have a deliverance ministry, I have a healing ministry, I have a mm -hmm. prosperity ministry, but the truth of the matter is they're mastering nothing whatsoever. Right. But there's something that's very important mm -hmm. that we see or we hear little of, and that is what we're what we're talking about today we see very few people who who profess to have been given a ministry that proclaims warnings amen to both the church Woo. and the nations of the earth and this would be the ministry of the watchman mm. folks did you just feel that i hope you felt that in the spirit that this is exactly what we need right now oh kim has got a phone call. Oh, phone call I'm coming in. Oh, it's for you, Dr. Dozer. Why is your wife? No. 
We're a little busy right <laughs> we now. We made him put his phone on not silent, and then I, I was like, and I told Kevin before we started. Oh, here we make go. Make sure you put your phone on silent. And mm-hmm. what happened? What? I was like, that phone isn't in this room. You know what? You could say that I was a watchman because I was giving you a warning, and I, and was I prophesied the, I was that the, your phone was going to ring in the middle of the podcast. And Thank I you, was Jesus. the one about the parish. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's going to be an immortal smackdown. We, we arranged all of that, for sure. That <laughs> right. was all just, you know, mm-hmm. kind of go along with the show. Sure we did. Okay. <laughs> Can we carry on, please? So, going to your question, <laughs> when you asking me about um, so, Ezekiel 3. Yeah, so what, what you know, you that that's a great definition of, you know, what is a watchman, you know, and to think about that they're going to look into things. But when you think about... You know, Ezekiel 3, the passage that you're, I know that you want to talk about, what are some of the key things there that you, that you think that that passage brings out? Uh, looking at the passage and the way that I am, I'm going to uh, do a contextual analysis, you know that. Mm-hmm. But looking at the passage, what you see is God taking Ezekiel. Uh, well, first and foremost, at this time, Judah is in captivity because of their refusal to listen to the watchman. Right. And so God speaks to Ezekiel. He's also taken into captivity. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah has been left behind. But he tells him to go down by uh, Tel Abib. And so he goes there, and in the bitterness of his spirit, he's angry. His people are in a place where uh, they didn't have to be. Mm-hmm. And it says he sat there for seven days. And as he sat there, he observed the people whom God had carried, whom God had given much land, whom God mm. had given much wealth, whom God uh, was really their true commander. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won victory after victory. But now he sees that because they have left God and they've gone, as the word would say, whoring after other gods. Right. Now they're under the Babylonian captivity. Nebuchadnezzar mm. has taken them in. And so he sees them there. He sees the condition of the people. And then after he sees the condition of the people, at the end of the seven days, God speaks to him and he tells him that I have made you a watchman to the house of wow. Israel. And Woo. from there, he mm. begins to give them, he gives him a word to give them uh, as warnings concerning mm. their condition. And just to shorten it, uh, because I know you, you have some other areas you want to go, what he does is he lays out uh, a few directions in which the people can go. But first and foremost, the uh, watchman has the responsibility of warning the people for him, the Hebrews Ahar, which means to enlighten them on what God is saying, teach them, admonish them on what God is saying. And so God gives instructions to the wicked as well as to the righteous. And he lets Ezekiel know that uh, he has the responsibility of sounding this warning And if he does not sound the warning, yes, the people will die for their iniquity, but their blood will be on his hand. If he does sound the the warning, the alarm, then they'll, and they do not repent, they'll die for their iniquity, but he'll be free from it. Right. Okay. The righteous, if they're righteous, then they'll remain righteous still. If they turn from their righteousness to wickedness, then they will get the same, they will receive the same consequence as the wicked. Right. And that's a that's a sobering thought because you think about, you know, 
this is a, an actual function. This is something that God has really chosen for his people. And certainly that translates into the church today. And uh, so that's such a powerful thing. And you think about, you know, our leaders and the responsibilities that they have, you know, how does this not, not correlate? Um, so when I think of uh, the watchmen, of course, I always think of, you know, that shafar, <laughs> the, the big horn, <laughs> blow on the trumpet, you know, to announce something. And, you know, back then, you know, people didn't have cell phones. You know, you couldn't have an ambler alert coming off or on your phone, right? So you, you had that shofar because it was the best way didn't to travel. Beeper. What's that? No beepers, nothing. No, tel no pagers, nothing. And so they, they needed to make a loud noise. And people needed to be able to hear that noise and react to that noise, right? And, you know, certainly, I'm sure there was a few false alarms, right? <laughs> For sure, right? But you think about this, and this is Joel 2.1. It says, Blow the ram's horn in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all who dwell in the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming. And, of course, this is a general thing to us as, as, as people, and as even God's people. Of course, this is a joyous thing, <laughs> the day of the Lord for us, right? Sure. But it does mean that God is not going to let this thing go on forever, right? God wants to have as many children as he can have. But at the end of the day, there is this idea that we have to sound an alarm. And that's the kind of the way that I, I thought about that. But you start to realize that after you listen to Pastor Dozer, that you know God has chosen people to do this. This is a legitimate, a legitimate function. So, what do you think? Uh, how is the role of the watchman in biblical times um, different? You know, maybe than today. Okay, well, that's a good one. First, let's look at when you think of the watchman. Let's look at the temporal versus the spiritual, and that takes us mm. back to the watchman of the Old Testament. Temporally speaking, the watchman was chosen from the land that that, that watchman was to watch. And he would not appoint himself. Mm -hmm. Okay? He would be appointed amongst the people of the land. So the right. people from the land, they'd appoint this particular watchman. And his assignment was to closely observe and discern any danger that may be approaching the coast of his people, wherever his people live. Now, once the danger was viewed, the watchman had the responsibility, as you just said earlier, of blowing the shofar. And this was in order to warn and enlighten the people concerning the impending or the forthcoming danger. Now, once the people warn and enlighten, it is their responsibility to take the necessary safety actions. And the one who does not respond to the watchman's sound, they'll be seized. They'll be carried away and eventually destroyed. Uh, the one who does respond will have their life preserved. And so that in itself would, uh, should give us clarity on what we see with God saying to Ezekiel, if you, when you sound the alarm, if, if this happens or if that happens. Mm -hmm. okay? And so when we look at the watchman today, Hebrews 13, 17 gives us a clear picture where it says, uh, it says to the people of God, obey those that have the rule over you. Mm. Uh, submit yourselves for they watch over your souls. Mm. They are, they're like sentries. They're like guards. They're looking out for your life. 
Right. And then it goes on to say that you should, they must give accountability to God, just mm-hmm. as the Old Testament watchmen had to give accountability. These individuals, those who are watchmen today, the pastors, the church leaders, they have, there's going to be a reckoning with God. Mm-hmm. They have to, uh, they're going to have to answer to God for how they handle their responsibility. Mm-hmm. Now, just as the people had a responsibility to take the necessary actions once the warning was made, uh, once the warning was given, it tells uh, in Hebrews 13, 17, it says that when you do this, you need to be obedient and not make it grievous right. for the watchman, for this is unprofitable for you. Okay? Right. And so we see the same thing. If they don't listen, then there's a problem. Uh, we can look at, when you look at, and I'll deal with this later, uh, the the seven churches of Asia Minor. When you mm-hmm. look at the message, there's a message that's given to the churches. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there's something that they have to overcome. So a warning is given there. Mm. Uh, when we look at uh, when the apostles asked Jesus, his disciples asked him uh, about his coming. Uh, and, and, and Jesus told them it is not for them to know, but he said, these are the signs that are going to take place. And hmm. so we see all of these different things, wars, rumors of wars, pestilence in diverse places, the love of many waxing worse. And there's a number of other things that hmm. are in there, false apostles, false teachers. Later on, people claiming hmm. to be the Messiah. And so they'll see those things. And if you see them and you're watchmen, it's not just to say, oh, I see this. I better keep it to myself so I can be deep when I go and do a revival or something. But the watchman has the responsibility to lay these things out to the people. Mm. When it comes to the epistles, the epistles gives us instructions on how we are to live. Uh, and uh, when we when we when we do our jobs and ministering those to the people, we're being watchmen. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. He said, I did not write these things to shame you, but I wrote these things to warn you. Now, thetheo would be a Greek word. He's saying, I wrote these things to admonish you. Mm. Okay. Even though you don't have, even though you have, uh, don't, you, you have, you, you, you have many teachers, you have not many fathers. Mm. So he's, he was just, he was dealing with them because they had a lot of problems there. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to, he, he needed to give them the instructions that they needed to overcome those problems. So yeah. we do the same thing as watchmen in the church today, uh, very similar to what they did in the old covenant. Amen. And we need that, you know, and I know that when we were talking before, you could tell that this is something that God had really, you know, put down in your heart. That's something that we need to see happening today. So tell me a little more about that. How did God really kind of convict you that today, what, what we're going through right now is something that, you know, we really need to, to see more watchmen. Uh, the truth of the matter is, uh, I looked at things that are happening mainly in America, and I know around the world as well, but we live here, look at the things that happen in America. And I listened to, I'm gonna be like Daniel. I'm gonna take a humble approach. When Daniel, when Daniel recognized that the 70 years passed, he, he said, he confessed, he said, we have sinned. You know, we know Daniel is a righteous mm. man. So I look at the things that we, because we're the body of Christ, one, we have focused on, and I think I mentioned that earlier, the things that we have focused on, we focus on uh, certain areas. Uh, I, in this particular genre, I'm an expert, but yet other areas we did not touch. 
And the truth of the matter is, from some of my conversations, humbly speaking, I found that there were a number of individuals who were leading people who could not step into those areas. Mm. Uh, I once, but this is a true story. I once had a man come to my office and he said he wanted to start an extension campus. He had his black clergy clothes on and a clergy collar. He said he wanted to start an extension campus. And this was some years ago and I asked him where was he located and he told me where he was and it was maybe about five miles or so from us. So I'm thinking, well, why does he need to start a campus that close? And so I talked with him. I said, well, you know what you'll need? You'll need instructors and you'll need this and you'll need to have uh, someone who has at least until the level of the degree. And he says, well, he says, I have uh, my doctoral degree. I said, you have your doctoral degree? He said, yes. He said, I have a doctor of divinity. I said, okay. I said, now, you know, that's an honorary degree, right? He said, no, 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 I, I earned this. It's, I said, no, a doctor of divinity is an honorary degree. Okay. And, I did not know that. <laughs> and yeah, that's an honorary degree. And I told him, I said, usually you give that to someone who's accomplished some things over a number of years, usually about maybe 20 years or so. And there are a lot of things that they've accomplished, they've entered into the field and all. And really, when you have that, you don't go around using that title all over. Whatever university conveys that on, you maybe use it there because you have not really earned it. You have right. your dissertation, research and all. But just to make a long story short, he went from having a doctoral degree to being broken down to saying, well, I have a bachelor's degree, which in truth, I don't think he had any of them. Mm. And I'm looking, I'm, I'm thinking with your bishop and you have this ministry, why is it that you're here this Sunday morning? Right. And so it turned out it was more about money. So mm. I'm using that for a personal. And I do believe that there are some areas that individuals may not want to broach because of what it may cost them. Mm -hmm. I do believe there are individuals who don't broach them because of fear. I believe there are individuals who do not go in those areas because they are not knowledgeable in those areas. Mm. And then I believe there are individuals who don't go into those areas because they may think, well, um, their ministry is not ready to receive it. Right. If it's the word of God, then what have you been doing? Have you been building them? Every church is going to have some babes. It should. A growing church have some babes and some mature people. Mm. So I believe that's, I believe that's some of the things that we're seeing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you know, for me, that that one of the things that that happened was is when I was talking with Dr. Dozer that you know I realized that you know God has called me to be a watchman. Well, that leads to my next question. Besides Kevin, who are the modern watchmen? Who are the watchmen <laughs> right now? You just did that, um, but <laughs> who are they? I have this little thing that I do that annoys my wife, and sometimes I just have to do it. I don't know what it is. It's pretty much everything. <laughs> Uh, they would be, they would be pastors. They would be individuals that are of the fivefold ministry. Uh, they would be individuals that have been appointed in leadership, as uh, Paul wrote to Timothy. Uh, he wrote, uh, excuse me, he wrote to well Timothy and Titus. He told Titus to appoint elders in those cities to set in order the things that are lacking. Uh, he told Timothy. Uh, the things that I've given to you, what you ought to do is to deposit those into faithful men mm. so that they may be able to teach others also. Uh, when we look in the book of Revelation, I mentioned that earlier, Revelation chapter two and three, the seven churches, 
uh, each portion, each church receives at the beginning this unto the to the angel, angelos or messenger, mm -hmm. the church of Ephesus, right, at Smyrna, right, at Sardis, right, at Pergamos, right, at Tyatara, right, at Philadelphia, right, at Laodicea, right, these things, and then he uh, symbolically, Jesus symbolically describes himself in a certain way. And so he tells them he know their works, he know this, he know that. Uh, if there were problems, he said, I have this against you. And then he says, repent mm. or else. So anyone who is, 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 has been ordained by God, anyone who has been anointed by God, or, uh, or anyone whom, if we appoint people in leadership position, of course they have to have the spirit of God, okay? Uh, these individuals, if you are a proclaimer of the word, then you are functioning in some capacity as a watchman. But if we look at the overseer type, that would be your pastors mm -hmm. and those who are heading. But I believe uh, just as uh, uh, Dr. Kevin is doing right now and as you're doing right now, when you all bring these things out to people, you're being watchmen. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're being watchmen when you do this. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. I did not sign up for this. <laughs> I did. What? Well, and you know, I think about the watchmen, and there's no doubt that for me, you know, again, Luke 21, 28, where it says, when you see these things, right? And so, you know, when I think about a watchman, he's up on the wall. <laughs> he's, he's looking for movement on the horizon, right? And he's, he's looking for very specific things, right? You know, people carrying swords, that would be one. <laughs> you start to think through this, and you know, if he sees a bunch of people that just have sheep, he's not exactly really worried about that. But you start to see that there has to be some relationships developed, right? You have to have a relationship between some of the people that can mobilize and make decisions and the people that are actually sounding the alarm because they gotta make some decisions, right? And so you can start to see that we don't, we don't have these functions in the church. We really are moving forward as if there really is no danger. There is no danger. There's nothing we could do that's actually wrong. Everything is great and wonderful. Right. Um, what's Throwing your favorite Lego up. movie? Everything is awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? And so we kind of have this, this role, you know. Um, so also we have that, you know, we're going to get to this declaration that, that kind of came out of some of these conversations that we had. Um, but, you know, that's what I kind of think of is movement on the horizon, mm -hmm. but also a system and relationships. They have to trust that guy that he wasn't seeing things. <laughs> Right. And then same thing. Everybody has to heed that warning. And that's what we don't have. We don't have these relationships worked out. We don't have really people watching out. We are starting to see a lot of movement on the horizon. I think it's because people are trusting their government. They're not putting their trust in the Lord. They're not seeking first the kingdom. Right. They're seeking first something from man. They're going to that um, three mask Fauci to talk to him. You know, they're not They're They're letting that sort of the alarm bells go off that you know our our government is putting forward right and these policies have become their god right that is idolatry by the way yes. when we start turning that way when we start looking to somebody else to tell us how to live or how to best take care of ourselves or how to what you know or set the tone of morality since when does a government decide what is moral give to caesar what is caesar what is not caesar's is morality is your sense of justice or righteousness that doesn't come from your government folks that comes from one place and one place only and you need to pick up that book and 
take a look because it's all in there. That's where that comes from. So I feel like, that, you know, we definitely got the immorality part, right? That sexual immorality happening everywhere. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I don't mean to set anyone off, but you're born with a gender, Okay, so when we start doing all these things that are so crazy and we say, that's okay, that's your government setting a policy, that's your health, that's the NIH, that's not God. Sorry, went off. I like that. That was really good, baby. It was. (laughs) (laughs) This is another one. uh, Pastor Dozier slipped in here. It's Isaiah 62, um, verses 6 through 7. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all the day night and all the all the day and all the night. The day night that's a fast what's really that's speeding this up you shall never be silent who put the lord in remembrance okay take no rest and give him no rest until he establishes jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth and that is the role of the watchman that they are protecting those walls those walls that we need to keep keep evil out but it's also to keep the lord in remembrance and to give no rest the watchmen are never to rest Right? And that he is supposed to establish what? Jerusalem. When you think about Jerusalem, folks, that is God's city. You think about Satan's city, that's Babylon. Yeah. Right? And so For you sure. start to think about Zion, right, in, in Jerusalem. This is God's kingdom, his city, and that's what we represent. And in order to have that, we have to recognize that we have enemies. And because we have enemies, right, we need watchmen, right? So I don't mean to rabbit trail. You know the <laughs> Wait, are you segueing? No, that's your job usually. Captain Segway. <laughs> um so, you know, cuz um Joshua and Jesus and David and and Moses um it was ultimately to uh get rid of the Nephilim problem, right? But we know that they weren't entirely extinguished. It wasn't a mass genocide because they're, you know, the Philistines, they're seafaring people. You know, there's a bunch of other reasons they weren't completely extinguished um and this is really rabbit trail but i feel like what's happening now like the stuff that's coming in is because there's still that nephilim blood somewhere in there that's corrupting things Mm. and that might be real deep for some of you but and um so the job of these watchmen ultimately right is to because that's what's putting evil right a lot of the evil that's coming into the world could that be something that's that's influencing everything today well, we're certainly seeing some hybrid human beings, and this is through transhumanism, and we've, you know, we've killed that a few times. But there's no doubt that, you know, there's a, there was a lot of things going on in those days that we're, we have trouble understanding. Doc, jump in in there. Yeah, if you notice on that Isaiah 66, not only is he saying that the watchman is not to be silent uh, when he says... Uh, be silent, dim e your Greek word, I mean Hebrew, excuse me. But God also says in that same area, give him no dim e. God says, give me no rest. Mm. And so what he is saying is, keep crying out to me. Wow. I've heard people say that if you mention the same thing to God more than once, then that's a lack of faith. But that's not what God says. God wow. says, keep bringing it up to me. Mm. If you think about that persistent woman mm. who went to that judge, who uh, the word tells us he pretty much was, uh, he was an apathetic fellow, mm. but he kept wearying her until mm. he granted her request. Mm. And so the Lord says, how much more? And you look, in, you look in this passage, he says, don't do it. He's speaking to Israel. Don't do it until whatever it is 
I promise you see me faithful to perform it. Mm. And that's the same thing that we do today. And so one of the responsibilities of the watchman is to be constantly crying out to God. Right. Do we just cry out when we get ready to develop Mm. a message or we got a new hot word? Uh, I believe, (laughs) I believe you want me, if you don't want me to, I I just want to say this anyway. I believe you might want me to, you might want to ask me the question, why would a watchman neglect fulfilling his responsibility? Why That's would a good. watchman? I'm going to ask Alex yeah. that question. No, Dr. Dozer, tell us what the. Yes, <laughs> I am so glad you all asked me that question. <laughs> I kind of, I just felt he, that on my inside. I felt that he in is my so heart. Subtle. They want to ask me this question. Now, this is going to be. I'm, you can tell I'm fired up now. They don't. That's you know, good. They like turn, it. They like but it. This I'm, I'm one, having to turn them down. <laughs> this one is going to be very strong, audience. So you have to remember this is the word of God. Amen. So the question was, why would a watchman not sound the alarm? Isaiah chapter 56. I've been looking at this for about 30 years. It just stays there. So Isaiah, just the other day. Just Isaiah, the other day. Uh-huh. Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah 56, 10 and 11. It reads, and I just want to go, his watchman, his self-all, those who are supposed to lean forward and peer at a distance, they're actually looking out for things. They're spying things out. They're observing things. Now, these watchmen are supposed to be observing things, but God says, my watchmen are blind. Hmm. He said, the people that are supposed to be observing, they are blind. Hmm. Now, that's the same word hmm. for physically blind, but this is speaking of them being spiritually blind. Hmm. But then he goes further. He says, they are all ignorant. They are all ignorant. They will not acknowledge. They will not consider. They will not even declare Mm. what it is he's showing. And then he goes on to say this. They are dumb dogs. Yep. It's in the word. He is saying they're mute. That was DOG, folks. They are dumb dogs. Mm. They cannot bark. And he's saying they're muted. If they were even to open their mouth, there's no sound that can come out. And then he says they're lazy, sleeping, lying down, Mm. loving to slumber. But then there's something about these dumb, greedy dogs. Mm. He says, yeah, I just said it. He said they are greedy. Mm. They can never have enough. And he brings out who they are. He says they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone to his own gain everyone for his own quarter Mm. and every day is the same as the day before so this is why these watchmen they neglect their responsibility Mm. uh we would call this in military terms dereliction of duty Mm. so they're not they're derelicts they do not do their duties some of them are nice guys Mm -hmm. some of them are harsh guys some of them go around with miters on their head. Some of them go around with robes. Some of them go around with entourages. Mm. But God is saying Boy, some of them are in small places. Some of them are mid-sized places. Some are in large places. But God says they are dumb dogs. Folks, you Oof. heard that right here, right from the word of God. And you can see why, you know, when we mm. were talking to Pastor Thomas, I was like, boy, people need to hear this message. This is exactly what we, I mean, I've, I've felt that many, many times you start to see this dereliction of duty that has fallen upon the, on really upon the church. Yeah. Mm. 
Any other pastor? That was, what was that the was other passionate. Pa- that was passionate. That was, that was passionate. Good. I was like, now what is the next question I was supposed to <laughs> so ask? You just heard him go. You heard him go. Oh, pastor on you. Did you hear that? Woo. Yes, yes, he did. So, so I'm going to go to one of my questions, but I can be interrupted <laughs> here if you have a better one because that was really good. Uh, one of my questions was because you can see here, you know, he says, you know, shepherds, right? I mean, there's no way to not think of pastors, right? Right. And so, but really it's, it's, you think about some of the bigger churches, they have lots of different pastors with different functions. So, you know, they could have a guy that just works, you know, basically with the youth or so on and so forth. They can have an executive director. But the point is, is that somebody in there should be the watchman. It's a hundred percent call, right? Yes. Yes. And that's what's not happening. And, and he has to have, people have to trust him enough, right? And, you know, we get to the head pastor, you know, you've got to have a, good relationship with somebody that you know is looking into things everything all the truth right and so you you have to realize that that's where we realize we we really do have an enemy so you know i think that's what we're talking about that if you're a pastor or a church you have to have this function in your church otherwise Mm -hmm. you're gonna you may have to answer to the lord for that but not maybe you will you're held to a higher standard see that's why she should be preaching no. Yeah. So my next question was, um, can anybody else be watchmen? Because <laughs> we definitely talked about the shepherds. This I believe from the scriptures, anyone whom God appoints. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all have the ministry of reconciliation, all of us who are believers, who will prepare mm-hmm. ourselves to give that out. We all can preach the gospel and lead souls to Christ. Mm. Uh, there are some people who on certain levels will give people things that will warn them. And then I do believe from the scriptures, once again, I don't want to be opinionated. I want to be from the scriptures, objectively speaking. I do believe that there are those who are specifically appointed by God Mm -hmm. to do such a thing. Mm. Even when we look at Timothy and we look at the ministry that he had, Paul talking to stir up the gift that was in him and then Paul also mentioned that uh, uh, there was a gift that was in him and there were those who had those who prophesied of this and if they prophesied of this this isn't saying that what they did is they spoke their words but God had given them uh, a word of knowledge to speak concerning right. what he placed inside mm. of Timothy so it has to be because we people you know, people start grabbing titles. We have we have more apostles, mm. perhaps in our city where we live, than we have really going out around the world. Right. Okay. And so it's easy to start grabbing t- uh, titles and not really carrying out the ministry. But the answer to the question, once again, from a biblical perspective. It appears that they will be appointed by God. All of us can carry the gospel. All of us can give warnings to people, but these will be positions that are appointed by God. Hmm. Well, and it's a heavy, it's a heavy load. You know, um, when I was looking into it, you know, again, this is Ezekiel 33 and it's really one through seven, but I'm just going to read the sixth and I believe the, uh, the eighth verse there. But it says, but if the watchman sees the word, the sword coming, 
and fails to blow the horn to warn the people, then the sword comes and takes away a life. Then that one will be taken away in his iniquity. But I will hold the watchman accountable for his blood. And then the eighth verse it says, If I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die. But do you not know, oh, it says, but you do not speak out to dissuade him from his way. Then that wicked man will die in his iniquity, yet I will hold you accountable for his blood. And you start to realize that there's certain parts of, of truth that we have to talk to people about. And I hate to tell you this, but truth is offensive. Yes. Especially for people that are believing the lie. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we know the way, the truth, and the life. Well, John fifteen eighteen, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Right. Yeah. Amen. Right. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, as we, we think about, you know, some of these other questions, the question I would ask you, why, why do you think pastors and church leaders, right, and some, you know, some church organization, Christian organizations, this just wouldn't fall into the scope of their ministry, right? So we have to, we have to understand some people are called to some things in certain ministries, right? You know, a benevolence ministry wouldn't exactly be needing a watchman per se, right? But why do you think pastors are really struggling here? Why do you think they're having trouble seeing that God has called them to this, this, um, this function in his body? Once again, Isaiah 56, 10 covers that, but I'll say a little bit more on it. You, there are those who may look at what you see in the Old Covenant and say, okay, that was for then, but not for now. Mm. But then you don't look in the New Testament and you see uh, the same thing being, the same words being used just in a different language in the same position. For example, if I were to go to, we mentioned it earlier, but let me just turn over, if I might, to Hebrews uh, 13, verse 17, which says, Obey them how to rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. That would be the word agrupneo. And that word agrupneo is saying that they keep awake. They keep awake. They're sleepless. They're attentive. Yeah. And so they're attentive looking out for you. So if I'm attentive and I'm looking out for you, what am I looking at? I'm looking at what's coming your way. First uh, Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant mm -hmm. for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion goes about seeking whom he may he devour. devour yeah. and, mm -hmm. and so if you look at the first portion of that, I'll, I'll turn there. Kanye uh, has a song about that. If you look at the that. first portion of that, First <laughs> Peter 5, uh, what Peter does when he uh, when he writes this, he is speaking to the leaders, and he says to them in verse two, "Feed the flock of God which is among you." And that word "feed" from the Greek word "pomeino," it means to pastor mm. or to take to pasture, to lead to pasture. Okay, "pomein" would be the noun. Mm. Okay, the position, but pomeino would be the action. So you're supervising the people, but let me go a little bit further. Then he says, take the oversight thereof, oversight episcopal, the bishopric. I want to talk to these people who got these titles, but you're not being watchmen. Mm. And he says, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. That takes you back to Isaiah 56.10. Neither is being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. 
Mm. He speaks of what the chief shepherd shall, when he appear, what he would do. He speaks to the younger. Then it says, humble yourselves, casting all your care upon him. Then it says, be sober, be vigilant. Mm. Uh, so it's all of these different groups that are speaking to, you need to be that way. Okay, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil is a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now think about gobbling you up. We know that uh, uh, literally he's not going up eating you like a lion, mm -hmm. but uh, he destroys your life. When you look at this, he could destroy your life. He can take your mind. Mm. Okay, and now what happens is you begin to focus on, for example, okay, I think I'm doing right because a lot of people are coming to my ministry. Right. Well, it's great for a lot of people coming, but why are they coming? Are they coming before because they find it to be something easier to digest? Or are they coming because there's nothing to digest? Or are they coming because they are receiving strong word that's going to carry them through life and have them be, appear before God with God saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's are they right. going to appear before God as overcomers, mm. those who triumph? And as we see in Revelation 2, 17, the Lord is going to have a white stone with a new name in it. Are they, are they coming? Mm. That white stone that's held up, usually in ancient times, it was held up saying that you are innocent and Jesus yes. will be the only one holding it up. So Amen. is Jesus going to be able to hold up a white stone mm. for you and your followers mm. when you're saying that that was for them, but it is not for us? Mm. Those things are things that uh, I believe that is something that we need to look at, mm. okay? Because when it comes to the modern day watchmen, um, first, there's no doubt that they're appointed by God, and there is a great responsibility for us to sound off in the church, and not just to the church, but to humanity as a whole. And, and we'll see that when we deal with something else, but to humanity. As a whole, you have that responsibility. Think of evangelistic ministry. Usually you're going to the lost, so you're sounding off to the world. So both those who are in the world and those who are in Christ ought to be warned. Mm. And if there is no warning, then that means that there's no watchman in action. It's true. So when I think of, you know, reasons, you know, pastors are silent is, you know, like you say, there's there's a lot of water under the bridge. They, they don't even know a lot of times what's actually happening, you know. Their church could mm. be divided. Um, you know, it is hard to bring political things into the pulpit. And I think that's going to be another one of our podcasts. We're going to talk about, you know, what to do when the biblical becomes political. Because you start to realize, but if we don't go back to focusing on this is a function God has called you to. And God is going to hold you responsible for being a watchman. If you're going to be a pastor, you are a watchman on some level. You know, and so when I think about, you know, what are we supposed to sound the alarm about? You know, back in those days, movement on the horizon. What do you think is movement on the horizon? What do you think that we're, we're remaining, what are we not blowing right. the horn what about? What is the practical application of the watchman's job right what now? Are, what do you think they should be sounding alarm about? Okay. We said that that's peering into things. So let's look at today. You're peering into the events that are in the world. Mm -hmm. You're looking closely at what's happening in the world and you're looking skillfully at it, then you look at what the word of the Lord has to say about those things through the word of God. You mentioned it earlier, Luke 21. Now, when you look at these things, we have a responsibility to convey these things. Uh, the spiritual watchman has to watch for all things that take place. They have to watch when there's wickedness, you sound the alarm. 
when there's absence of reference for the Lord, you sound alarm. Uh, when you see the visible church slumbering, mm. you have to sound the alarm. Where there's false teaching, false prophets, you have to sound the alarm. Mm. Where destruction appears to be rising, you sound the alarm. Where there's immorality, you must sound the alarm. Let's just mm. name those things where there's uh, same-sex marriage, where mm. there's abortion, we mm. have to sound the alarm. Uh, that's in the word. We mm. sound the alarm. With Now we're getting these things where people are saying they're binary gender and all mm. of that. We sound the alarm. We have to bring out the fact that these things are not of God. Yes. And we're doing it. When we're doing it, we're not doing it. We have, we're we not doing it to condemn. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn. I came right. that to me the world might be saved. Right. But in love, out, love, what's called hatred, love says, okay, there's a need for repentance. Because what you're doing leads to destruction. Yes. Okay. The word tells us God didn't come. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. You are condemned already if you do not believe that Jesus is the son of God. I'm mm -hmm. hearing people now and uh, they're saying that, okay, people are saying that they're, uh, they're, they're homosexual, but they're Christian. Mm -hmm. And then as they speak further, they feel free uh, and liberated to take a different perspective on what they call uh, fundamentalism. Even some preachers, uh, I won't call the name right now, but if they were here, I would ask them, why would you take that view when you were considered so popular? Oh, maybe that's why it is. You were considered so popular. But mm -hmm. when uh, we were viewed about, they're, they're, changing their, they're changing their view on homosexuality and what they refer to uh, those who stand on the word as is Hyper-fundamentalist. Yes. Hyper-fundamentalist. Mm. Right. Well, if I'm a hyper-fundamentalist, that's exactly where I want to stay because I understand what fundamentals speaks of. Fundamentals speaks of the foundations of God's word. Yes. And so when you think that you have a right to change it, what you do is what the Bible says. You no longer, no longer you're a watchman if you ever were a watchman, but you begin to exchange the truth for a lie. A lie. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that's exactly, I mean, what do you want to be fundamental about, right? <laughs> Political correctness, <laughs> right? You know, if you think about the fundamental problem we have in our society right now, you could, you could argue that it's narcissism. And what is narcissism really saying? It says what? If you don't do it my way, what? Right? You're, you're not cool. You're not whatever, right? We're going to start to hate, right? And so we start to put people in, into the shaming you know, types of ways of making people behave, right? Well, redefining terms too. Exactly. Right? We're making words um, the problem, words the hate-filled thing that, you know, you can cancel somebody, cancel culture now, mm -hmm. right? If you don't agree with what they have to say, it's because, oh, somehow that's a microaggression or it's a macroaggression or it's just aggression. And oh, I can't take it because it hurts me when you say that's wrong. Right. And so now we're going to vilify Right. Just that I don't agree with you. So you somehow are doing something to hurt me personally. And that, you know, it becomes a weird. Well, and standing up for thing. anything is somehow an insult to them. But the real reality is what you're trying to say is that it's an insult to God. It is. It's an insult to God. And we have to stand with him. Right. And you can still argue. You can make arguments based on the Bible, et cetera, et cetera. But to, to not say that you fundamentally believe the Bible right now, you've now you've just, right. you know, you're the only person that knows how to interpret it, right? What parts are true, what parts are not true. So the minute you step away from that, you've now stepped away from God's word as really right. being God's word. Yeah. Right. It's a it's a scary place to be because how can the watchman sound the alarm if he doesn't have the word, 
right? Because that word is to telling him what he's supposed to sound the alarm about. And then the kind of it kind of falls apart. You know, one of the things that happened to me not too long ago, and I had a chance to speak, and I was up that early that particular morning, and uh, and I was just thinking, why am I doing this again, God? <laughs> you just have those questions. And uh, it was one of those things where I just sat there and I realized, you know, my grandfather was a Pentecostal minister for 40 years and God really audibly called him to the ministry. And I would say that probably the only way to explain his life was that that was actually true, right? And, you know, I would love to tell you that he became a peacemaker. <laughs> he was an Eastern National Prize Fighting Champion when, it, when he became a Christian. And he always had a little bit of that fighter in him. Uh, he didn't always play well with others, but he told my dad that one day Israel would be a nation. And when my dad, of course, he, he didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> but when it happens, he was like, look at that. God knows the future, right? And so my dad, he just became fascinating. Now, my dad uh, taught Christian education and sold, uh, sold Christian education materials for you know almost 50 years. But um, he, he told me all the stuff. <laughs> and of course, I remember I was only 16 to 18 and I didn't think my dad knew anything neither. <laughs> and here I am seeing all this stuff happen. And I know, well, my goodness, here's God knowing the future. And I jump in even harder. And I start to realize that that me being a chiropractor and understanding the medical side of things, that God had been orchestrating my abilities to be able to see into some things that other people can't see into. And then when I talked with Pastor Thomas, I realized, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, God called me to be a watchman. So yeah. what is that your favorite, sorry, what is your favorite passage that you always say that you're always, when you always, when well, you see? When you see these things happening, right? Then we're supposed to stand up and then lift up our heads. And that was really something that I probably crystallized you know, um, probably 15 years ago, I kind of stopped teaching about all the things that prophetically were going to happen and laying out timelines and all that stuff. And I realized that I could just simply keep reading God's word, stop trying to tell people what, what was maybe going to happen and focus on really sounding the alarm when it is Standing happening. Up, right? right. Because when you stand up, I mean, back then that being in the bowed down position, that was the way they worshiped right? They're pagan gods. They would bow down. I mean, there were other ways too, marking their body, et cetera, cutting themselves, but uh, bowing down, right? To another God. When he's saying stand up, think about that position. You go from bowing to standing. When you're in a crowd that's bowing, when you stand up, you make your presence known. So by standing up, we show whose side we are on. Absolutely. Right. Amen. And to others, we show that too. So by standing in that crowd, you know, you can see all the people, right, that are with you that stand for God. I mean, I think like that's part of that point, too. You know, I think about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego standing out there and just the hordes of Babylonians that were there. And they're faced with this statue and told to be bowing down in worship. Right. Mm -hmm. And you think to yourself, exactly. you know what? I don't care how many tens of thousands of people, but if everybody's kneeling and one guy is standing Tens and tens and thousands of people can see that one guy. Exactly. But if they all stand up, nobody can see nothing. And that's the kind of you know situation that God has called us to with the watchman, that we are called not to kneel, that we are called to stand up when we see these things happening. You right, know? Pastor Dozer, you were... I, re I remember you brought that up, and I, I was thinking about that, you brought it up. I remember being in your office once, and 
you really seem saddened uh, and you, I, I'm just going to kind of like paraphrase it, and you made the statement, you said, why won't any pastors, why aren't the pastors on this? And we know, we know there's some, but it, it seems like they're not many. Right. And then you went further to say, well, I'm not a pastor. I don't understand why God is. I think you're at my house when you mentioned that. And I, I believe I said something, once again, somewhat paraphrasing, I said something like, you know, God will use who he wills. And right. if you're willing, you're willing, and, and if that desire is in your heart, then it could be something that God has put there. Mm. Because we have a lot of people that are holding titles versus possessing gifts. Yes. Pastor is not a title. It's a gift. That's right. Mm. It's a gift. And so wow. we, we have a lot of people like that. Maybe some of them are holding titles. The reason yes. they're, But if you've got the gift, then there's going to be a compelling on mm. the inside. If you think about Jeremiah, yes. mm-hmm. Jeremiah went through so much mm. until, let's just say it like this. He didn't, because he mentions being a watchman. He didn't want to be a watchman anymore. Right. Jeremiah said, I'm not going to mention what you say. Can't you fire me? Every time I mention what you say, I end up in a jam. They're trying to kill me. My family's (laughs) against me. I'm in this mud. I know what I do. I just won't mention your name anymore because you didn't tell me all of this. He said, but your word, your word, it was in me, was consuming me like a fire. And I couldn't refrain from mm. saying what it was I had to say. Mm. Okay. And so we, we should know from that, for the person who says, if you got to get the a, a, a prophecy or you got to get a, being a prophet, so you say, you should know that there is a cause with that because man himself without Christ is alienated from the Lord. And Jesus himself said to his disciples, the world hated me. Mm. Therefore, it's going to hate you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Messiah, uh, he said, the world hated me. Therefore, it's going to hate you. The servant is not greater than his master. Right. So if 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 hate is coming to me, you know it's going to come to you. That's right. And so he told us that, and he says, count the cost. Stop taking these titles if you're not willing to take pay the cost. Yes. Just stop doing it if yep. you're not willing. Uh, mm. I do want to say this. I'll, I'll wait until. So, you know, this is a, a big shout out, folks. If you are disturbed, I mean, you know, Pastor Dozer has seen me at times where I'm like, yeah, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand how I fit into this. I don't understand how people are missing things. And I know there's a lot of people in the world that are feeling the same way. And that could be because God is calling you to be a watchman. Right? Yeah, that's what I felt while we're talking that there's somebody in our audience that yes. this is truly speaking to. Yes. And I felt that this whole time yes. that, um, acknowledge it, um, f- fall into that, mm-hmm. uh, f- because you're being called, you're being called for a purpose and a reason. Yeah. So, and I, I definitely felt that. So I'm glad you said that. And it, and it gets bigger, you know, because out of these conversations, you know, we, we're going to be have an episode coming up called the watchman declaration. And we're going to talk to you about, you know, just just starting to hear. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. But uh, long story short, you know, um, had some good relationships with um, All Pro Pastors International. And, of course, Somebody Cares Tampa Bay. And now 
of course, with the United Pastors of America. And, I, you know, I'm getting to know these guys. And I and they are, they're watchmen. There's a lot of them are watchmen. Yeah. And they're saying, Along hey, with this watchman there right is here. some serious movement on the horizon. And these men have very different ministries. I mean, God has called them to, to very different things. But they can't ignore the fact that something is happening that they should chime in on, right? And, of course, you know, Pastor Dozer was really the first person I called. I mean, what happened, too, you know, after writing the book, you know, somebody asked me, well, what's the solution, Kevin? What should we do? Right? And I thought, why are you asking me this question? <laughs> but he did. He just, he just asked anyways. And so I realized that I really never wrote the book, and I never really asked myself. Now, the good news, the Audible version is going to actually have a first, you know, first time that came to us. But, you know, Pastor Dozer was the first person I called, and I didn't even have any name on this thing at all. I just called it the Declaration. And uh, he read that passage, you know, uh, and we just, you know, it was immediate, like, this is the watchman. This is what we're all trying to say. You know, and it's right here in our Bibles. And everybody that we showed that declaration to, the name, the verse that we used to kind of, you know, point that direction, everybody, you know, everybody could see that this was the direction that God was really calling us. There was not one person that didn't think that was the perfect title and the perfect name for it. So we're we're really thankful. We're going to be sharing that very specifically on a podcast. But we literally have had, you know, something that we can gather together different churches different ministries different denominations different denominations different everything right but say something is happening there's movement on the horizon and these things are tenants we have three tenants in there that we we can't live without if you're a christian and uh, so you know we start to see that god is moving and this is something that's never happened before but i'm telling you god wants to do greater things with the people that are listening right now yes right and god wants to see us do something and stand for something and he's distilling something in your heart and you know you i think of these canadian truckers you know i mean there's no way you know these guys are watchmen you know yeah. they're standing up they're they're sounding the horns Those right mother truckers. literally even though it was illegal to sound a horn <laughs> oh they, yeah now they're trying to stop them from getting gasoline that's yes. being provided for them yes they tried to take their funding away yep. you know people were sending in money but um GoFundMe had to back down. Did you hear that? They did, but they're shutting their it. they're shutting their personal bank accounts down by the banks in in in, in Canada. So we're yeah. seeing this the totalitarian regime come out, folks. Yeah. That this if this isn't what Jesus would do, right? Then this is we've we've got the wrong people in there, right? So well, Satan uh, always has a backup plan. He sure he? does. He's, He's been planning this for a really long time since the Garden of Eden. So um. <laughs> So, so, Doc, I only have two more quick questions for you, and this just mainly to ask you, what, you know, what do you think we need to be doing, churches and, and as individuals? But I know you had one more thing you were ruminating on there that you wanted to say. Um, I, I believe that as churches and individuals, we have to make a decision as to whether we're going to compromise or we're going to overcome. Amen. When I look at that, I think of the seven churches, and to each one of those, Jesus said to him that overcometh, Nikael, uh, is where we get the word Nikkei. Mm. We call it Nike in English, which, <laughs> mean, which means to get the victory. So he's saying the one who carries off the victory, the one who's victorious over all of his foes, to each one of those, he gives promises. 
Mm. And so the leaders that have been placed in the church, you have the responsibility to lead the way. In that same chapter in Hebrews 13, verse 7, says it says to the, to the people uh, to obey them who have the rule over you, whose faith follow. Follow their faith as they trust God. Follow that. Mm. Imitate it. Mm. Considering mm. the outcome of their life, how their life turns out. If if something that strong is said, mm. then what should we be demonstrating? Mm. We should be demonstrating what Christ demonstrated. Mm. There's a if you're thinking about your life here, remember this: the Word of God said, Jesus said this Himself. The one who loves his life will what? Lose, Lose it. it. Okay, so you have to love Jesus more. You, more. You have to love Jesus with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. You have to love Jesus enough to suffer as he suffered if you're going to reign mm. with him. Amen. His word has to mean enough to you mm. for you to be willing to sound the alarm. And for those who are not leaders in your church, you follow it in ministry, whatever you follow it. Because remember, you may not be a leader in your local assembly, but you're going to be a leader in somebody's life. Leaders right. influ- you have to influence someone if you're going to lead them to Christ. You have to influence someone mm-hmm. if you're going to lead them to change. Mm. And so just remember, as that is given, you follow it. You mm. imitate it. You mimic it. I mean, in a good way. Mm. in a good way leaders you have to give the people something to follow and you have to have a heart like jesus had for the world even though we don't intermingle with the things that they do the word tells us there's need for us to go out into the world and you have Mm -hmm. to love the inhabitants of the earth enough to tell them the truth about jesus christ stop thinking that you're going to get everybody saved this is just Mm -hmm. some straight truth jesus didn't get everybody saved as a matter of fact about five thousand people followed him to eat his fish and bread but they left him when he spoke his word Mm-hmm. And so we can keep on coming up with things to get them in there. We'll bring mm-hmm. them food. We'll do this. We'll do this. We'll do this. But will you give them the truth? Will you be a watchman mm-hmm. and give them what's really going to keep them eternally? Mm-hmm. So let's decide whether we're going to be compromisers or overcomers. Brother, you answered every question I had. I mean, yep. it was like you were reading my script or something here. <laughs> I was like, Mike, I think that's what you call a mic drop. It was totally a mic drop. Yes. <laughs> and you know, you're if you're wondering what to do, that was it. Yeah. You know, and here's another thing I'm gonna say. Remember, you have a relationship with people in your church. Mm-hmm. You can have a relationship with your pastors in your church. And you can start to develop a watchman type relationship with the people and pastors in your church. And you can bring these things to their attention. You know, squeaky wheel going to get some grease sometimes, right? And so just remember to remain relational with people. But at the same time, this is a straightforward thing. 
you know, there is movement on the horizon. That's why you're listening to this show. There's nobody listening to this show that doesn't think there's some movement on the horizon and that we need to be watching out for the things that are coming. So we want to thank Dr. Dozer yes, for coming in. You, sir. And this was just as powerful as, uh, as, I, as I heard it over the phone the first time I talked to him. He does have a whole series on the Watchmen that he has done. You can find that on his website. Tell us what that is. You can go to uh, wogat.sermon.net and you can see it. You can go Facebook Live. You can go YouTube. Our web, our what? Website. Wait a minute. You're on YouTube? Yes. We don't get to be on no YouTube. Well, I got a... Um, <laughs> got a special they, gave, they gave me a... Um, well, I'm they, trash talking. They, they, well, they did one time they, they contacted us and they one of the messages that I uh, preached, taught on, whichever, uh, they... Gave it a grade of for a mature audience. Oh, really? <laughs> so people could get it into it. And they said, we're not giving you a strike, but, and I can't remember what it was, but I remember the message was on the truth of God and holiness. Mm, but yeah, wow. it was considered for a mature audience. Because in that, as I dealt with truth, I brought out lies that are told. Mm. The world versus what the truth of God says mm. about those things. Mm. So I guess that was the part that was for mature Wild. audience. So WOGAT stands for Word of Grace and Truth Ministries. Yes. yes. Right? Mm. So W O G A T. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Check that out. We'll have links. And we have experienced truth and we've got some grace happening today. So we yes. bless every listener all around the world. Yes, thank you. And God We're is raising a new generation of yep. watchmen. Mm-hmm. And you heard it right here. And we're going to be talking about the Watchman Declaration and bringing that to people. And we pray that God will help us all to see that we have things in common and that there are disturbing things that are happening on the horizon. And we need to stand up for Christ. Right. And the Watchman Declaration is an actual thing. Yes. Right. It's a real thing. It has tenants. If you are interested in that, you can get a hold of us at info at supernaturaljunkies.com. We can make sure that we get you a copy of that. Mm -hmm. We'll also post it when we do that actual and it's going to have its own it. website it's going to yeah. be the watchman declaration.com and uh, so we'll you'll be able to sign on and uh, just like the ezekiel declaration we're going to have a whole podcast about that so all right yep god bless you guys bless pastor dozy can you say a prayer for all our listeners around the world sure before i say the prayer i did i believe i gave you the uh the sites where you could get the message, but I didn't give you the website. And that's what I was asked for. I want to be obedient. It's word of grace and truth ministries.com word of grace and truth ministries.com. Amen. God yes. bless you. Father, we thank you today for uh, allowing us to speak to those who would hear mm. what it is that is in your word. We thank you for the grace given to do this. And I just pray that those who have heard mm. uh, not only considering what is what has been said but if they do believe that it is the word of god that they're taking it in their hearts and i pray lord that for those who heard and they believe that there is something that you would have them to say they believe that even those who may believe that you have called them to be a watchman i pray lord and as they seek your face you will give them the boldness that they need Amen. to declare what your spirit is saying to the church and what it is that you want to announce to the world so they may come uh, and, and repent and seek your saving grace. Once again, we thank you for this hour and this time. We thank you for all of those who have listened in. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you guys. Thanks.
Hey guys, before we close out, I just wanted to mention that Dr. Kevin has a brand new book out. What's it about? The COVID Beast, Why We Cannot Give Up Access to Our Bodies. You guys don't want to miss out on this because I know you love to hear Kevin talk on and on, but now you get to read his words and it has statistical information in there. You don't want to miss out. Lots of great information. You can get that at SupernaturalJunkies.com. We also have an Audible version coming out that will be available on Audible.com, but you'll also be able to buy the Audible on our website. That's awesome. And the Kindle version, you can also buy from our website. By the way, the hard copy, you will not find a better price for that anywhere, even on Amazon. That's right. So you want to get it there. Our email list, so important, sign up for that because as soon as new things happen or Kevin has a new event coming up or we're speaking somewhere, you guys will be the first to know if you sign up for that email newsletter. Also, you'll be able to get Supernatural Junkies gear. Thank you so much. Have a blessed week. Anything else, Kev? Nope. God bless you. All right. Hey, folks, just wanted to take a minute and tell you about Soil Ministries org. It is an outreach of vision and resources to Honduras. And we're trying to help those people. It's probably the second poorest in our hemisphere. It can be the murder capital of the world. And the sex trafficking, one of the sex trafficking capitals of the world as well. Yeah. So we even have a safe home for girls over there that we need funding for. We have a deaf deaf children's home there. We, of course, feed the homeless. We also have a medical missions fund over there. And that's probably one of our most successful ones with the COVID. It's easier to get the medical professional. In. So please be sure to check it out at soilministries.org. God bless you.